The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Guys, up, giddy up. Welcome to First Stop Podcast Channel, the number one show where police meet society and culture. Today's show is brought to you by Boostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Manscaped, baby. Manscaped.com promo code Wolfpack. Uh, we've got a big show for you today. Got a big show for you today about a, a Black Lives Matter cousin. The co founder of Black Lives Matter, Kenan Anderson, was tased and subsequently died afterwards and we're going to break that down um big bird of cookie monster style but first if you want to support today's show well you got to do is go to itunes spotify wherever you download podbean your podcast leave us a five-star rating and review or whatever that platform allows you to do review wise it really really helps us we're back on the youtubes we're monetized again uh, i was a, a two-week hiatus or a one-week hiatus uh, where YouTube had to review some stuff. Uh, but it looks like we're in the clear. We did nothing wrong. We weren't as offensive as somebody thought we were. So uh, for all of you guys got that email back, we got a lot of people in the live chats, a lot of our paid subscribers. If you want to go the extra mile and be a paid subscriber, uh, we encourage you to do so. It helps pay for equipment, helps pay for each one of these hosts that are doing the Lord's work out there. Lots of research, lots of time, lots of shows, lots of equipment. Um, is there any pressing news before we drop in, uh, before we get into the Keenan Anderson, uh, arrest? I got news for you. I, I, I'm Drew Breezy, by the way. I don't know what news you want, but I'm going to give it to you all in digestible form. First, we're going to talk about an Omaha police officer, uh, who had to shoot and kill a gunman at Target. Uh, th there was a, an incident, this was last updated on February 2nd. So I'm not sure if it occurred on February 2nd, but, um, the reason I'm bringing this up is because it, it was kind of buried in the news. I don't know if a bunch of people saw this or not. Um, you certainly saw a bunch of articles about what we're going to talk about today, but I'm not sure that you saw a bunch of articles about this because it didn't turn out the way the news normally would like for it to turn out. But essentially what happened is this, um, this kid, we call him a kid. He's 32 years old. He walked into a target in Omaha. Uh, he had an AR 15 style rifle, 13 loaded rifle magazines in his possessions. Uh, so he's armed to the teeth. Uh, no civilians were hurt in this incident. And why do you think that is Eric? Uh wasn't racially motivated, really. No, it was oh. not. Omaha police officers uh, responded to that active uh, shooter around 11.59 in the morning. So just imagine how crowded that target is. He fired multiple shots inside the store, but nobody was killed uh, except for him. And that was because... Omaha hey, wait, 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 wait. This is supposed to be sensational news. If a guy doesn't get, if a guy doesn't kill anybody and he's stopped by police doing a great job... Uh, then that's not sensational news. Nobody cares about this, Drew. That's true. I want mass mayhem for to make them to make the news, and I want the cops to have fucked up really bad. Yeah, I'm, I must say, so what kind I, of news I, is this? I was disappointed when I got to paragraph nine or ten where it says an Omaha police officer then fired their service handgun, striking and killing the suspect. Law enforcement said fire personnel later declared him dead. So listen, the officer. Uh, was identified, and I'm not trying to dox him. I'm trying to uh, kind of uh, pat him on the back 
uh, not there goes my hero. His name is uh, Brian Vanderheiden. He was a 20 year veteran and he shot Jones. And this isn't to celebrate the death of this, this uh, Jones character. This is to point out that a 20 year veteran rushed into a target uh, where a guy was loaded to the teeth and he was one of three pol- police officers in there. There were, there was a report somewhere that officers were shot during this. I haven't found the rest of the story, which is another alarming factor in this story in, in and of itself. But uh, way to go, Brian Vanderheiden. You probably saved 60 to 70 lives that day. Yeah, why uh, don't we celebrate the death of this this guy? I mean, we have a cop. This What is his name, Vandenham? V- Vanderheiden, which, Vanderheiden. Is, which in Tansy is Vanderham, yes. <laughs> uh, I think we should celebrate. I mean, Vandenham, whatever the guy's name is, Vandenberg, whatever his name is. Uh, he won, dude. He won and he won big, man. He saved a whole bunch of lives. Yeah, you, you he dropped a dirt bag. Don't miss Great job. Me. Let's go. Let's celebrate the whole fucking thing. Let's celebrate that the dirt bag is dead and let's celebrate that he won. Celebrate his heroism and celebrate his bravery and courage. I, <sighs> I'm not celebrating anybody's death because it's oh. it's a karma thing with me. But but check this out. I mean, as the as the 32 year old guy's uncle who got on TV to kind of express that you know this isn't this is out of character for him but what he's basically saying is look he he was armed to the teeth he went into the target he didn't shoot anybody read between the lines here yeah he probably wanted to die and he 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 made the cops do it so um you know i'm not labeling him a criminal i'm not labeling him any i I don't care about him what i care about is that he didn't kill anybody and there were brave police officers that went in there and saved the day on this one so, yes, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. He should be celebrated. I'm just not going to dance over somebody's corpse. Right. I like how Lumber Chef says, I don't cry over spilled milk. Spilled milk equals criminals dying. I love it. I mean, for me personally, when I when I die, if I die in a, in, in a fit of bullets and rage, whatever, however my death comes, I want it to be celebrated. I, I do. Well, I... I often dream of being shot down in a blaze of glory. Oh, man, sometimes, dude, like, I just... I feel like if I get that like stage four, you know, terminal, I don't know, man, if God didn't put that, if it wasn't, if it wasn't biblical, if it didn't say vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I feel like, uh, I, I, I feel like I would, it would do a lot of, a lot of good The the um, on the eyes of the Lord. So I'm not going to do it. Right. Uh, this is, uh, this is nothing I want to debate, but I get the point here. Reginald Rutherford said, can we celebrate the neutralization of a bad person? And I, I do get, I do understand that point. I, I just, I don't know the guy enough to call him a bad person other than he walked into a target or into the teeth. You know, it's, it's like, it's the guy in Vegas, right? Remember the dude oh, that, that shot yeah. all those people in Vegas, man? Like I have a hard time talking shit about that guy because nothing in that case adds up at all that he nothing. even fucking did it. Nothing. Well, like, it's really like, uh, you remember the movie Shooter? Uh, with Marky Mark? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, does that not have like Marky Mark Shooter vibes all the way around? Like, dude, look at all of the evidence. It is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. No, uh, I think you're mistaken because uh, in Shooter, they were at the I-62 Music Festival. And in this thing, it was the I-65 Music Festival. Oh, okay. So it's got they're completely totally different. different, totally different totally things. Different. But I mean, that's a that's a, that's a wackadoodle case, man. That's a conspiracies like dream case. I mean, do you um, believe the 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 surveillance footage or the 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 stills of the hotel that show him 
bringing a luggage rack full of like, do you believe that those, in other words, could those be AI? Could those be doctored? I mean, I'm not trying to, probably not, probably not. Yeah. So I mean, but like there's zero motive. Right. And they have been extremely hush hush about the case, extremely hush hush about it. Yeah. Maybe that's because they don't want like follow ons or something like that. But like, I I don't know, dude. That's a strange case, and it happened at a very strange time. It happened at a time at the peak of them trying to get rid of AR-15s. So yeah, and like an MK Ultra kind of thing, and like a hypnosis. It could have been a, you know, like okay. a Charles Manson. They put something in his acid and made him do it. Know. But but you know, and then think about the fringe cases that that begat, like the Daniel Shaver case, which was horrible, horrific. Um, where the cops shot the uh, shot Daniel Shaver, but that all started because it was right after that incident, and then there he was, albeit a Motel Six or whatever it was, with pointing his BB gun out the window at the at the pool or traffic. So obviously, you know, in the frame of the officer's mind, they're thinking, "Man, we got another hotel, we got a copycat shooter here," which probably amped them up, and you know, one thing led to another. So, you know, I, if if this is a shooter movie, right? If this was a shooter movie, yeah. you would have told the guy, hey, man, you're in a bunch of gambling debt, but we've got these guns that if you take these guns and you take them to this hotel room, there's going to be a guy there to buy them. and We'll give you X cut, which will pay for some of that gambling debt. And he's like, cool. So he brings all the guns that, that he buys out in the desert from this rando, takes right. it up to his room. They come in, kill him, do the active shooter stuff, get out. Cops come in, boom. Yeah, he's dead. It's Kaiser like, Soze. They <laughs> they see that he's dead. I have to ask, uh, are you certain he bought these weapons in the desert? Because he, he probably, I'm thinking he probably did it down at the wharf or maybe in the abandoned warehouse. <laughs> yeah, probably at the wharf. There's too many Ninja Turtles at the wharf, though. They've got that on lockdown. Batman also got the wharf on lockdown. You never want to go to the wharf after dark. Um, cause you don't know when those night ninjas are going to get you. How did the war fall so far out of favor as the location of the best? If I'm going to commit a crime, I'm going to the wharf. Yeah. Well, you would think that we would just have a substation at the wharf, right? Know? Like, let's go. That's where the narcotics division. And you've got to have your news, your newscaster. I mean, it was in transformers, Ninja turtles. I mean, all the movies, dude, it starts right there. And a news reporter is always there to film through the chain link fence. Trish uh, Takanawa. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, any other news? Uh, yeah. Aside so, from that unsensational cop that completely saves the day and nobody gives a shit about. <laughs> There's another um, story that's publicized, but it hasn't been updated in 19 hours. And and we talked about it last night on mm-hmm. Comstar with, with Drew Breezy and uh, my first mate, JB, who was put into timeout because he does not know the proper order of succession of our uh, United States presidency. Uh, but he apologized. Uh, but at any rate, there was one dead and one officer in the hospital following a library shooting in Memphis. To my knowledge, the uh, the update is that the officer is still in critical condition. Fortunately, you know, he's still alive. Uh, but there is one man dead. Uh, the New York Times saw fit to make sure that we understood that all three participants were black. And um, it was just this odd thing that the Memphis police were called out to like a disturbance at, at a, at a library. And then 30 minutes later, they found themselves back in there. And when 
uh, one of the officers went to approach this guy who was in the in the library. He pulled out a gun and shot the officer. So his partner uh, appropriately shot and you know returned fire and killed him. Um, so, you know, again, not, not a the, the headlines of that story are Memphis police who are reeling from the Tyree Nichols death now have to kill another one. Not definitely not some guy evaded the metal detectors at a library and shot a cop and was shot in return. I didn't see that headline anywhere. Maybe I missed it. Yeah, I uh, was going through some of those headlines. Um, this is a one story that the New York Times says, uh, you know, talks about a paralegal who was trapped in that library. And the only quote that they put of hers up is the police officer was standing with his foot on the guy's back and said, I told you, stop moving. If you move again, I'm a poppy again. Miss King, 54, recalled after she returned home, still shaken by the experience. Anyone would be, but I mean, you're right. Like that's, you just shot my friend. Of course, if you move, I'm going to fucking pop you again, dude. Right. Plus, but, but the standing with his foot on his back or whatever. nothing wrong with that, by the way. I'm sorry. I know that that, that Derek Chauvin ruined it for everybody, but that is an age old technique that works fucking 100% of the time. Um, I had a gentleman spit on me, slammed him on the ground and I put my foot on his cheek, on his face in the middle of the entire, uh, uh, the entire, um, it was a flea market and people were cheering me on. They were like, that a nasty motherfucker spit on you, man. Fuck them. You know, like everybody was on my side. This was before everybody was like anti-police. Uh, they were actually pro-police anti-criminal. Now we flip-flopped. Now it's like, you know, criminal I, does everything right. And the, the cop does everything wrong. But when I stood on that dude's face, guess what? He stopped doing. Moving. You. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't spit on me again or, or so, anybody else around you. That is a technique that works all the time. You don't have to kick them. You don't have to punch them. You literally just have to put enough pressure on that head for them to go, ow, stop. And, and let's be realistic here, too. Like, you cannot do that anymore, though. If you're a cop, you cannot do that anymore. Do not put your fucking foot on somebody's head. It's I'm telling you don't do it. It works, but don't do it. But, but what we're getting is the quote that they were looking for. So we don't even know what the paralegal told the reporter. We, we know that right. she said that part. And that's the part they chose to print. Like, we don't know that the paralegal said, yeah, that guy was a fucking maniac. I thought he was going to kill all of us. And yeah, I mean, the officer was standing there with his foot on his back and he was like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's what they're looking for. Or what if this was the tone? He had his foot on his back and he told him to quit moving and the guy kept moving. And so he said, I'm going to pop you again. And the guy kept moving. He popped him again. Exactly. The news is like, yeah, we'll just make that sound how we want it to sound. It's just, it's not the lament of like, I hate the mainstream media. They're a bunch of liars. I I happen to think that, but I mean, like this is what is causing all of this. Do you, do people not understand that? Like this is what's causing hatred for law enforcement, which is in turn causing people to resist arrest, which in turn is causing people to be shot, which in turn is making things less safe for the 99 percentile of taxpayers that just want to be protected and for our own officers who are, uh, you know, in, in jeopardy, like this guy got shot. This, this officer got shot by a guy in a library. You don't expect that to happen, of course. And I mean, you know, it's not what we signed up for, regardless of what people think we, it's possible that it may happen. I worked in a library when I was a young kid. I, uh, was one of those kids that put all the books back on the shelves and stuff like that. And, uh, I mean, bro, you gonna break quiet code in the library. Everybody right. knows that. Right. 
and shooting a gun in the library completely off limits. You are definitely familiar with Dewey Decimal. <laughs> with Dewey Decimal. Uh, somebody said they woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. And that's probably because they're not sleeping on a ghost bed. Because every day that you sleep on a ghost bed, it's the right side of the bed. If you didn't hear the news on our Instagram channel, ghost bed is back, baby, for season three of Failure to Stop. This season's called Failure to Stop 2.0, even though it's our third season. Uh, but if you've noticed that we've got a lot of changes, we got 3D graphics, we've got cartoon illustrations, uh, we've got intros, thanks to underpay producer and uh, uh, Jonathan Bates, who's just Jonathan Bates is putting out some of the best content on our Instagram um, and social medias. We've got quality news updates coming from Deadleg Media, who is now our head research um, and development team. Yes. Uh, you know, fucking Andrea, she's uh failed her stuff 2.0. She's showing more shoulder than ever. And so we couldn't be more pleased. But it all starts with Ghostbed because they're a signature sponsor. They've been with us since day one. No other bed company supports law enforcement and first responders more than Ghostbed. Matter of fact, when all the other advertisers telling us to tone it back, Ghostbed says, put the freaking pedal down, gas it up, juice it up. Dude, we got you. We're with you 110%. We stand with law enforcement. We understand that nobody hates bad cops more than good cops, and you guys were good cops. So right now, GhostBed is offering 35% off. Go to GhostBed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Gets that sleep that's so good. Listen, you're going to make the best decisions of your life if you've had a good night's sleep. Mentally, we talk about mental health so much. Uh, mental wellness starts with a good night's sleep and a diet. GhostBed can't help you with a diet, but it can help you with a good night's sleep. Right now, they are offering 0% down, 0% financing. Um, that's if you have Last Row Lopez or if you have dispatcher credit. Uh, you can get 0% down, 0% financing. Uh, adjustable base, get the cooling sheets, the cooling pillow. Listen, the cooling technology is where it's at. It's like the cool side of the pillow all night long. Absolutely love it. Um, go to GhostBed.com forward slash Wolfpack and get you sleep. That's so good. It's scary. I wonder if um, it, it, like the marketing department at GhostBed was like, not only do we stand with law enforcement and somebody was like, ah, we lay with law enforcement. Ooh. We're a bed. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I think that's what happened. Uh, pretty sure. Pretty sure that's what happened. Um, anyway, we're going to, I got a ghost, I got a manscaped ad read to do. We'll do that later. We're going to do that a little bit later today. Right now, it's all about Ghostbed. I don't want the focus to be lost on Ghostbed. Today, we're talking about Keenan Anderson. Um, if you looked at the headlines, the Keenan Anderson, he's the cousin of the Black Lives Matter uh, co-founder. Um, some sites will say she was the founder. Uh, but more, more importantly, he was a highly respected Washington, D.C. school teacher. <sighs> That's all you need to know. According to mainstream media, Keenan Anderson was nothing more than a well-respected D.C. school teacher. Because every article starts with that headline. And yeah. that he was tased to death by police officers. Lot done, lots, of, lots to uncover here today. Um, we're going to talk about tasers. Uh, but more importantly, we're going to talk about noncompliance and where it gets you, where it leaves you out in this world. Uh, we've always said that I think if you if you comply with the police officer's commands, you do exactly what they're telling you, you probably have a 99% chance of not dying. If you notice anything about any of these cases, whether the, the killing was justified or not, it all starts with somebody that's just not doing the right thing, not obeying the law, and definitely not obeying commands. And here we have it, that this gentleman, though it be he's the 
cousin of the co-founder of the Black Lives Matter movement, who's worth millions of dollars, by the way, millions and millions of dollars. And I still have yet to see what the Black Lives Matter movement has done productively um, because Memphis still has like the number nine highest like murder rate in the United States. San Francisco is still up there, like number one in property crime. Um, L.A. crime through the roof. It's up 26 percent, 27 percent in in Raleigh, North Carolina, which isn't which isn't that great big of a city. But uh, I feel like if we've got a movement that's actually producing higher violent crime numbers, maybe we need to take a look at who's managing that. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Um, However, here we go. We're going to break down. And I think the only reason that this case is relevant at all is because it's the co-founder's cousin. I don't think anybody would have given two shits about this case had it not been. I don't think it would have made the media. I don't know about that. Uh, you, you have the interesting uh, video of uh, a few LAPD officers standing over a black man and he died. But uh, they're all black. Was, they're, um, all, they're all black. There were some that were. Um, the, the majority. So hours later, he died. So I, I mean, and the toxicology it, report was pretty damning here. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, because if you look, if you read, if you read the news reports, they say, ah, 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 no, 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 cocaine could stay in your system for up to a couple of days. That doesn't mean anything. So you, you, what you don't have to do in the media is tell the truth, because when you couple that. Um, first of all, I was watching the video this morning and my stepdaughter came out, she was getting ready for school and she's like, what's wrong with that guy? And I was like, he's on cocaine. I knew the toxicology report, but I also knew by his behavior. And she's like, well, how do you know that? And I'm like, I just know, like, look at him. I mean, it's, it's his delusions. It's his, he's just going a thousand miles a minute. Like he's either having some type of psychotic break or he's on coke. This is how people on Coke act. Back to you. Right? Yeah. That's what I like. How do you know he's on cocaine? Uh, if he's acting like that without cocaine, <laughs> we have other issues. Maybe he's possessed by Satan. Either way, I don't care. <laughs> Put him down. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not Garlic doing this exercise shit, steak. dude. <laughs> right. I'm not doing it. Put him down. Put him out of their misery. Uh I'm sure they were good at one time, but I've seen the movie Constantine. Doesn't matter where you came from. Once the devil gets inside of you, gotta put him down. Call on her Schwarzenegger. End of days, by the way. Great movie. Hey, I want uh, I, I do want to say this. Like, compare and contrast. We're, we're gonna hopefully watch video. I think Eric has pulled the video of yeah, we're gonna watch the whole thing. Okay, so video. compare and contrast this actual non-compliance kind of with what happened in Memphis. But the the important thing like that I see like that's very glaring, I, and I'm just telling you to some this is something for you to watch out for is the 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 silence, right? So there's chaos in Memphis. There's silence in this. Like there's one person giving commands. The only other chatter you hear is them talking to one another and nobody is excited. And it's right. It's, nobody's happy about being this guy's ass right and it yeah, that's true too but nobody but but, but nobody is uh i mean he's still yelling and doing what he can but they're they're kind of not paying attention to what he's saying because he's not making sense anyway like 
we'll see. I don't want to spoil and, it. And also, what you always got to keep in mind is those that what your words say and what your actions do are totally different things. One thousand, one thousand percent. Yes. Like I can say, Drew, stop jerking me off right now. This is inappropriate. <laughs> not why we're on the show, Drew. Not why we're on the show, Drew. Get your hands, off. Drew. Stop. No I means am. no, Drew. But like, Drew's not doing anything. He's not even in this room. So, right. <laughs> you know. Um, and you're gonna hear a lot of that in this video. Uh, just because you say something, off, but, yeah, huh? not jerking off, but yeah, <laughs> no, there's no jerking off in this video. Definitely uh, sorry for all you Tennessee cops out there who wanted to see that. Maybe says he's had a bad, bad month. <laughs> I hate to kick them while they're down, but uh, I've had a bad month, yeah, a lot Damn, of please, by a all lot means, of gang bangs in Tennessee. It, let's not talk about kicking while we're down either. Oh shit! Just move on. Can't say gangbang. Can't say kicking them while they're down. A lot of shit. A lot of bad stuff there. Tennessee yeah. needs to pull their shit together. Yes, yes they, they need do. some reform over in Tennessee for sure. They apparently um, need some volunteers. Yeah, who wants to be a cop in Tennessee? Yeah, Andrea should fix all. Of them. But you know what? That's how I met the guys from Breaking Benjamin. Um, Jason Rao, the guitarist for Breaking Benjamin. I mean, that's why he's a fan of this show. Was he actually reached out to me because? He came home from tour and people have taken residence up in his Nashville home. Really? Yeah. And uh, this was, I don't know, probably a year ago. Uh, maybe not that long, 10 months ago, something like that. And he was like, dude, I called the police and the police were like, there's nothing we can do. He's <laughs> like, what do you mean? There's nothing we can do. And he's like, you have to evict them. You have to go to the eviction. Party. He's like, what? No, no, no. <laughs> I closed my house locked it up and sealed it so that I could go on tour for my job for three months. It's not abandoned. I didn't abandon my home. Right. And they're like, yeah, you have to evict them. Like they live here now. <laughs> they had changed the locks and everything. Oh my God. It took him forever. He's back in it now. Thank God. But could it took you him a hot minute. Nightmare? I had to help him. I was trying to call people and help him out. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yes. Could you imagine? I, I told I told him, I said, dude, you want to pay for it? And I'll come down there and I'll get these motherfuckers out of your house. <laughs> this is called the Tansy eviction service. I said, dude, I mean, yeah, the cops can't do it, but I'll go in there and uh, <laughs> I'll fucking pepper spray that entire house. I'll pepper bomb it. They won't want to be in there. And as soon as they get out, we'll lock the doors. Easy peasy. I got a couple of cans of OC. Let's put that in the air conditioner vent. Clean that house out real fast. The Tansy extermination service. So Tennessee's got some problems, man. And that all that all started from the defund the police movement. That all started when everybody got headstrong on this whole hands up, don't shoot uh, Ferguson thing. And crime continues to go up. Criminals get to be the good guys and the cops have been the bad guys. And I mean, it's just it's, it's descended into chaos at this moment, um, as well as some of the other big cities in America that have kind of fallen back to this. Um here we go. Let's go ahead and play this beautiful bean footage. And uh, you're going to see some, you're going to see, see a guy get tased. And he, he doesn't die from being tased. That's not what kills this guy. And we're going to talk a lot about it. But the guy dies four hours later from this. Um, and not from this incident. I, well, we'll get into that too. So I don't know why we have to put out a disclaimer about somebody dying in this video because the guy doesn't die because of anything in this video, except maybe the fact of his actions before the video. Yeah, he but actually doesn't die in the video. No, he doesn't die at all in the video. Um, 
but you're about to see some police video. So let me go ahead and give you a warning so we don't get our PP slapped again from uh, from YouTubies. Uh, here we go. Where are you at? For our listeners, really fast, uh, and not our watchers, what you have is a police officer on a motorcycle arriving to a Chevron gas station at a very busy intersection in Los Angeles. I don't know if there's a not busy intersection in Los Angeles, but there is a wild man running in the road, and, and he actually runs in front of the motorcycle. He runs beside it, and then he crosses in front of it. So right off of the bat, you're seeing a very erratic man trying to flag down a cop on a motorcycle. You have you can't understand, but there's a whole bunch of people on the street yelling and pointing at the guy that was just running that flagged the cop Get down. Now this guy is here. still running. Get on the street! Hey, stop right there! Get up against the wall! Get up against the wall! Get up against the wall! Get up against the wall real quick! Okay, hold on a second. Please, sir, I didn't mean to, sir, please! Hold on, hold on, okay? I'm Let's sorry. Mary, one, five, six. Show me coach six on a TC not involved. Please. Okay, I'd like to stop this really, really, really fast um, because this is a police breakdown from police perspective. If I'm in internal affairs, which if I'm ever there, go ahead and put me out of my misery. But if I was, these are the things that I'd be looking for in this video. Um, one, the officer does maintain control very well. The officer is not escalating the situation in any way, shape, or form. He's not revving up the engine of his motorcycle, which is sounds like it's like a little V-twin, a uh, little scooter. It's embarrassing, actually. Um, <laughs> but um, he's not, bram, bram, bram. you know, he's simply edging the vehicle forward. He puts his hand out in a very calming way. It's not an iron fist. It's an open hand of kindness is what I like to call it. He speaks in a nice low tone. These are all good things. Now, what I see from the suspect is the suspect is going through what's called fight or flight. We've talked about it before. Fight or flight. This guy doesn't know if he wants to run or if he wants to fight. Uh, or if he just wants to stay there, he doesn't know what he wants to do. The reason I know this is because he is looking at every single avenue of escape that he can. His yeah. head is on a swivel. He also stops and realizes and points at the people who are watching him, who are not on his side. So he's actually pointing out in his brain with what I see is that he's pointing out, okay, don't go that way. Don't go that way. Like he's running these things through his mind. I've seen this a thousand times. I've seen the way adrenaline works. Um, and I've watched enough of these films that I can see exactly what he's doing. He's also looking over his shoulder, almost 180 degrees, and his, his face stops down open corridors. He's also looking at the traffic, traffic breaks. He's also looking at the stoplight a lot. He's looking up. So he's, he's looking to see if those lights are green or red. This guy in his brain off of the bat is already looking to flee. He wants to run, just doesn't really have an opportunity because there are witnesses everywhere. See anything else that I didn't catch? No, 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 no. He's, he is initially compliant, but you're right. He's um, the officer I'm sure is taking note of everything that you just said. Like this guy is going uh, 10,000 miles a minute. The odd thing is uh, this guy initially waved the officer down, just like he pointed out when he turned the corner, everybody else said, that's the guy you need to stop right there. He ran from this accident. So th that's, that's what caused this interaction right here. And the guy's kind of like, at least he's got his hands up. He went down to his knees, but he's going 10,000 miles a minute. Like you, you can tell. And in fact, when the officer did the officer finish his radio transmission, we're going to be at Venice Western Lincoln. Not yet, but he, he even identifies the guy's likely intoxicated. 
Um, also, I've said this on the show a thousand times, uh, the amount of theatrics or the amount of emotion, uh, the higher the amount, the more likely there is a lie. If I see somebody that's over theatric with their hands, they're moving their hands, if they're moving their body, if they're shipping away in force, I can already assume that they're lying. I don't know why that that's a thing, but people who are over theatric, like if you pull a car over and a person puts their elbow all the way out of the window and leans all the way under the door, there's already something inside of the car. That's an over theatric way of doing things. Normal person would just put their elbow on the door or put both their hands on things. They wouldn't put their elbow all the way out of the door. It's over theatrics. Anytime somebody's over um, theatric, I guess I'm beating this dead horse here, but this guy's doing all of those things. He's got his hands out. He's, you know, putting it on his chest over and over again. He's being very, very over dramatic, which can already off the bat tells me, yeah, whatever comes out of your mouth is about to be a lie. So, Let's keep going. It's gonna be Venice, west of Lincoln. Oh my God! Look at his eyes. Look where he's looking. I get additional units. Now he's looking up at the red light. The car. Okay, what happened? I lost my key. You I lost somebody, your key. Yes. I came and I had somebody fix my car for me, sir. Please don't, please, okay, sir. Okay, do me a favor. My, sit hey, in please. Here. Hey, sir, now he's trying to get down up and on run. your butt and sit right. with your legs Fight crossed. Or flight, right? Sit with your legs crossed. Sit with your legs crossed. They're gonna try to kill me, please. Who's trying to kill you? I, I had a stunt today. What? I had a stunt today, sorry. You had, you had what? A stunt. Like, no. Okay, now that we have this incoherent language as an internal affairs guy, seeing this from the first time, um, now I obviously see drugs. Like, this is not how a drug person, a drunk person acts. This is how a person acts on drugs, right? So now it's not like this. Now I know what the over theatrics is for. Now I know that it's induced by some kind of drugs, but the guy's talking about being a stunt man. Also, look at his breathing. His breathing is already difficult. Like he's already gasping for air <sighs> every time he talks. <sighs> so he's he's there's something coursing through those veins that is getting that heart rate skyrocketed. He's also just in a wreck, but nothing he says makes sense. Okay, what car were you driving? The BMW. The BMW. They're trying to put stuff in my car. Who's trying to put stuff in your car? They're gonna try to. Seven minutes later, Anderson attempts to run away. Please. Stay down for me. Hey, Please. hey, stay Please. here. Now, here's this is where I have a problem with this as a hindsight, right? As a Monday morning quarterback. You cannot let this happen as a cop. You cannot let this happen. Uh, this guy getting up like this after he's been told several times to sit down, this is where you should have tased him. Uh, what I think is going on here is this cop doesn't want to engage this guy alone. I think what this cop's doing here is he's got too many things to think about right now and fighting this guy to the, to the win is not one of those things. Um, and that's a product of where we're at in society. I think if you rewound this 10 years ago, that cop would have went ahead and tased this guy to the ground and probably put his hands on him and been very aggressive and won this battle. Mono y mano. She can't do that now. Um, you can't get in these kind of battles. So what's going to happen subsequently here is that this guy's going to run out into traffic, which creates a lot more harm than good. But this would not have happened 10 years ago. Hey, I got to ask, I, I wonder too, though, just in the timing of this incident, we're, we're seven minutes into it. He had already called for backup, but is, is he thinking, um, and I may embarrass myself here because maybe I'm missing something, but is he thinking he has probable cause to arrest or, pro or at least detain at this point? Like, is there a crime other than he suspects him being DUI? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think there's a, there's a crime here. Um, 
right? He does suspect him for being DUI. Yeah, that's There's enough. a car accident. You've got multiple witnesses telling you that right. he hit the car. Um, actually, what you're going to see in another body cam footage uh, is a Hispanic male saying that the guy tried to steal his car. Yeah, right. So, you know, the cop, he's going to hear all, all of these things. He, he knows. He gets it. Um, also, you are trying to conduct an investigation, which this guy is delaying and obstructing. So it, you do have a crime of re resist, delay, and obstruct. That's true. And and the um, just the fear of him running into traffic. I mean, this is that old, like, the public never wants to hear that you tase this guy for his own safety, but it's for his safety and for the tra for traffic. I mean, like, right. he's going to cause another accident. Um, there does have an, an appearance to be excited delirium. Somebody mentioned that in there. I don't think there's enough evidence that the cop can say for sure that this guy is going through excited delirium. Um, I'd also like to point out because your hands are out in front of your chest, it doesn't mean you're not a threat to me. Matter of fact, I start every single one of my shooting drills in the exact stance that he's in. He's in a belated stance. He's got both hands out front and that's a perfect opportunity to drop a hand and draw a weapon. So, I mean, although I like to see your hands and that's great. Um, doesn't mean that like the threats no greater or any less at this point. So I, you know, this guy's being over theatric with his hands. I don't like it. I would not have allowed this guy, now, granted, I got out of policing five years ago, but I'll tell you right now, five years ago, this guy would have not have made it to his feet like that. I would have already shot him with my taser and I would have already sprayed him right now. It would have been game on from this moment. I told him to sit down. I told him to cross his legs. I told him to get in his knees. He jumped up. He took five steps and then he turned around and faced me. Bam, you're getting blasted with a pepper spray or a taser right now. We're going to go ahead and end this because it's not going anywhere good. It's only going to get worse from here. But I get it. The current culture if I was a cop right now, I cannot say for definite that I would have done that because current culture doesn't understand and doesn't look. And if you tase that guy and he falls down, if he does die from excited delirium, you know, you're kind of fucked. Stay here, sir. I need Stay some water. Here. Can you get some water? Please. Stay here. I'll get you some water here in a second. Now okay? look, Please. now those head movements, those affirmative head movements that he's doing right now while asking for water, he is delaying. Can I get some water? Where can I run? Where can I run? Can I get some water? Looks back up at the red light. Looks at the heavy traffic. I mean, the dude totally wants to run. Totally wants to run. He's just scared to do it. But he knows that's what he wants to do. He wants to run. He's like a three-year-old trying to go to bed. Seat up against the wall there. Yes, sir. Okay. Have a seat against the wall. Sir. Have a seat against the wall right. here. Somebody got to see me, sir. He's looking at the wall where the cop says, but he's walking the other direction, but he's making his hand movements as if he wants to go sit at the wall. Again, he's giving you all the indicators that he wants to obey, but what he's doing and saying is not how he's acting. So very manipulative. And this is something that's going on almost with every other arrest around the country, especially in the inner cities. It is something that is being, it's learned behavior. It's what people in the inner cities are seeing everybody do and it's starting to work. Um, and it's this, if we say we're being compliant, if our hands are acting like we're being compliant, then the cop is in the wrong. Right. Okay. But if I say I'm doing one thing and I'm pointing my hands as if I'm doing that one thing, but I'm running in the opposite direction, am I really being compliant? No, it's you're all, just manipulating the situation. It's all being done for the camera in a sense, or he's, this dude's probably not even thinking about the camera, but he's, he is definitely, um, you know, the hands up and the forward leaning bias that somebody pointed out, like it's all indicative of he, he's getting ready to either attack or, um, run, like you've said, I mean, but the hands up is, if you'll see his hands keep getting spread farther and farther apart. So though that might be a, like a, uh, like a, a sign of uh, submission to some people, 
um, it's also a distraction. He, and he and he's looking for any avenue he can get. Now, the other thing, too, to think about is this guy has already called for backup. There isn't any backup here. So, I mean, the thing that popped into my head was he was within an arm's reach. He could have gone hands-on at this point, but he's got nobody there to, to help him out. So that could turn very ugly very quickly. I don't know if that's what he was thinking. or Oh, 100%, because I know that he was thinking, I can't tase him yet because, you know, there's too many rules that go behind the taser now. Um, and I, and he's probably thinking I can't articulate pepper spraying him. Um, and I'm not going to go hands on now. Like I said, five, 10 years ago, this wasn't an issue. You didn't have to have backup because you didn't need somebody to be physical with you before you could tase them. Right. You could have a furtive movement and you could tase somebody and all day long, five or six years ago, I would have said, these are all furtive movements. And I'm, I'm not going to go hands on with somebody that one, I believe is on crack and two, that that already looks like they want to flee from me. So that's, that's, that's enough resistance. That's enough articulable uh, resistance that I would go ahead and um, spray him. Now I, I probably would have tased him because of the traffic scenario that we have right there. Um, yeah, but you I, can't I, do that in 2023. So I get it. I get l- it. Lending to the delusion though. He's talking about that. He did a stunt earlier. He's talking about, I, I got to, you got to watch over there because people are putting stuff in my car. So, I mean, you already know also he's having delusions, whether it's because of psychotic episode or drugs. Uh, he's not in his present. He's not present there. And this guy can kill you very quickly because yeah, he's not going to feel any pain. You could smack this dude in the head with a fucking asp and he could be bleeding out and he's still choking to death before he goes out. So um, I get all of that. Uh, I mean, do you think 10 years ago he would have gotten this far? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think cops were a lot more confident, a lot more competent because they weren't having to overthink everything. Yeah. Um, and, you know, right now I see that this cop is like, damned if I do, damned if I don't. And uh, I, I don't want to be in the black. Over here. I want people to see me. Sir. Okay. You can Please, sit right sir, there sir. then. You want to be seen? I don't want to be right closer right to this crosswalk. Right there if you want. I want to be closer to this crosswalk so I can run when that light turns red. I to have somebody see you. Please. Okay. Please. Just sit down for me a second here, okay? Please, look, sir. Sit down for me. Sit down. You're putting a thing on me. Sit down. I'm not hot. putting anything. Come Please. here. Sit down over here. Please. You missed it. Uh, perhaps you missed it, but if, if you're listening, you definitely missed it. But there's uh, somebody that they blacked out or blanked out on the screen who said from the distance, we're watching. Everything is okay. So the public is reassuring this guy just listen to what the cop is saying. He's not doing anything to hurt you. The, everybody is picking up on this guy's tone, that he's delusional, he's paranoid, and he's getting ready to do whatever he's going to do. Yeah, I don't want and, you in the road. And also, I'd like to point out that we're at minute like seven minutes and 15 seconds. And there's still no backup, and this is Los Angeles. And this is a very busy part of Los Angeles. Yeah. And I get you can't go anywhere in Los Angeles in seven minutes, but damn, man, that's – you know, that's why it was crucial to ride two. you know, they stop letting cops ride two by two. And I understand the dangers of riding two by two. I understand that there's like more of a mob mentality that can grow. There's more corruption that can happen when you got two. Ba- but I but I also agree that like that's far and few between the good of having two cops together in one car. Seven minutes is an unreasonable amount of time. Well, and then the other side of the argument, though, Eric, too, is if there if there are two cops they're in two cars and they're in two different places meaning it may not take a a backup to get there seven minutes 
it, like the, the the one cop that's in the <laughs> passenger seat of the car that got gets there seven minutes later could have gotten there in four minutes or two minutes. It's, yeah. it's just it's six and one half dozen the other sometimes, but it's. I mean, I think when you're in a high crime area, uh, I think doubling up. Uh, yeah. If you if you don't have backup accessible in seven minutes, you got to ride doubles. I mean, well, officer safety's got to be got to be first. I'll tell you what's popped into my mind too, though. He, he, he went on uh, what, what we would call in Hillsborough on view. So he went on view of a traffic crash. He was waved down and he said, look, I got a possible DUI here. Uh, I'm not involved. So that sounds like the emphasis is look, this is just a minor crash. I'm not involved, which is, gotcha. which is again, an administrative, like we're in this administrative frame of mind where we got to please the administrators, not necessarily what's in front of us. So, hey, look, I'm not involved. Don't get alarmed. But so when you think about it as a cop in Raleigh or as me in Hillsborough, you're like, eh, I'll, sw- I'll swing over that way. But I mean, he sounds like he's fine. And I- I'm thinking of what I'm thinking, like not as a if, if I were his own partner, I'd be on the way. If I were a supervisor, though, I'd be like, eh, let me sw- swing over there and see what he's got. But I'm sure someone's going to go help him because of the because of the I mean, beam. he asked for backup. Did he not? Uh, yeah. I, uh, well, did he? I, I think. Yeah, yeah, he did. He, he did because of the potential DUI, but he didn't say, um, like, hey, I need. I mean, I, like, he didn't say step it up. But I still think, though, like, I don't know, man. I, I'm maybe I'm just blessed to live in a weird city, but I mean, even if you just shallantly ask for backup, it's never taken me. Shallantly, not a word. Well, the shallantly would be the, I guess, the opposite of nonchalantly, but a oh, nonchalantly. So, but, yeah. but. But we'll see also the officer's video, of the first people that arrived on scene, which is a whole plot twist, in my opinion. Okay. You- well, let's keep going. Let's yeah. keep going. But oh. I still think seven minutes is a long time. Oh, I'm, listen, I'm not. That's like state trooper time. Especially, <laughs> especially like state trooper LA, backup. Especially in LA. And I, I can't even remember what time this, this was. So, I mean, I, I get that totally. It's a Come here. I don't want you PM. in the road. Come here. Please. Come here. Uh-huh. So he's already running. Come here. <laughs> this motherfucker's Come running here. Down busy street. And, and look, guess when he started running? When the light was red. So remember, he moved. And for those of you who are just listening, when he said, I want to sit over here in the light, I want to sit over here in the light, he moved all the way perfectly, perfectly centered on the crosswalk and looked at the red light that had just turned green by the time he got over there, which means the other crosswalk that he was sitting at just turned red and was green. So now he wraps back around to where he started to the other one that had turned green and now he's running. So he was waiting for those lights to turn yeah. red this whole time. Yes, presence. <laughs> and here we go on this piece of That's effective. And thank God for the Tesla. You know, this dude did not want to get smoked by the Tesla, so he stopped in the middle of the intersection. Thank God for busy traffic. He couldn't get through there. Right now! Get down over there! Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now the cop's pissed. Turn over on your run. stomach right now! So, Turn so over on your stomach he's, he's, right now! He's on the double yellow line right now. He, he's in the middle, literally in the middle of the road, <laughs> in the middle of traffic. You can't get any more in the middle, Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> like the ESPN. You couldn't get any more in the middle, Cotton. Back to you. <laughs> Um, but I like how he still has his hands up. Like this motherfucker's arms got to be super tired. This guy's got traps of a of Hercules because his hands have been up for like 
10 minutes now. Turn over. Yes. Turn yes. over. Yes. yes sir. But he doesn't, right? Turn over. Yes. Yes. But I'm not turning over. I'm still sitting in the middle of the fucking street, ready to kick you. Over on your stomach. Get over on your stomach. Hold on. Okay, Hold okay, on. Now please. I'm back up running please, again. Please don't do this. Now, also, the police officer's voice changed. Yes. You hear the change in voice? Get on the ground. And the reason why it changed is because his backup was there and he saw their backup car. So now he's like, now I'm going to be aggressive because I have friends here with me. <laughs> well, <laughs> seriously, I'm not dogging him, dude. I'd be in the same thing. But 10 years ago, you didn't need to have your friends there to have that. Yeah, get on the ground confidence because you had the confidence of I'm going to blast this motherfucker with my taser and I'm going to pepper spray this bitch and I'm going to beat the brakes off his kneecaps with my baton. And I don't need friends because I've got a whole tool belt of friends, but you can't use your tool belt anymore. So this guy gets that bravado when his friends show up. You're right. It's it's verbal judo. Like he, he's just, he's trying to keep, he's trying to talk his way out of this situation or pleasantly talk this guy into handcuffs. But when, when the cavalry shows up, it's, you know, we, we always talk about that ATM ass tell make, and he has asked way too many times. Gosh, dude. How, I mean, repetitive, I, not, not, not to the fault of his, to the did. fault of the times that we're living in that. I don't, yeah. I think this yeah. got five years ago before he got on that bike mo motorbike. I, I, five years ago, he probably would have had that bravado. Sit down now. Like, I'll, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he would have had that from the get go. Now we've got this mentality of, okay, stop, 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 stop. No, 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 no. Sit down, sit down. We got to be kinder and gentler. This shit doesn't work out, folks. This whole kinder, gentler thing when people are being this disobedient, it doesn't work. It doesn't work with your kids. And you're all doing it with your fucking kids these days, too. It drives me nuts. Son, stop. Stop interrupting. No, you're interrupting. Son, stop interrupting. Son, no, 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 no. Go sit back at the table. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. Son, stop running around the table. Okay, how many times do we need to tell him? How many times do we need to go through this, this loop? Like, I, I saw it in a restaurant the other day. It's like, stop, dude. Like, you tell this kid one time he doesn't obey you, you snatch his ass up and take him outside and make him pay for it. Either by, eat, by sitting in the car the rest of the day or spanking his behind or making him go with no food at all. But, like, we don't do this. Like, we're all into this kinder, gentler celebration of disobedience. It drives me nuts. Please don't do this, sir. Please. Help me, please. You know what? Help me, please. No, please help me. Single kill me, please. Please, 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 please. Keenan, relax. Keenan, relax. He's trying to run away. Yeah, I don't mean to beat a dead horse here, uh, but he's he's yelling, please, 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 please. But please what? And, and the, so, so this is where I say compare and contrast this to Memphis because this guy is off the charts yelling, screaming, irate, not in his presence of mind. What do you hear the officers doing? Keenan, don't do this. Stop, Keenan. Stop. Put your hands behind your back. And I, I get what you're saying about command presence and maybe having a little bit more of a tone, but they're also not crazy. The, the, so in if anybody wanted to make the de-escalation argument, there's no, there's, there is no argument. These guys, there was nothing to de-escalate. All they're trying to do is secure this guy. So he doesn't further run into traffic or to detain him for the, the potential crime that he committed. And you know, you'll see in a second, but got anything else there? No, I tactical. Uh, I did not call him a horse. I know, but um, tactical dude says the fight just kicked in and you're right. I'm glad That's you good. noticed that, man. That's very, That's very good. noticeable. He knows that uh, uh, the flight time is over. 
I'm talking your way out of this is over and now I'm going to fight. And, and although he's saying one thing, his actions are completely different. Ow! The following is body worn video from another officer who responded to this incident. So now we've moved off of the motorcycle cop. Hold on. We already have a unit helping you guys out, right? So um, give us a second. We're and I love that these guys have no fucking clue what's going on. Like, that's, because that's, they, they, they would have no clue because there's no radio. You know what yeah, I mean? That's the plot twist. So I'm wondering if this is the first set of backup on the scene. It is. And they, these actually, are the two guys that walk up. Yeah, they're, they're, only, they're only backing. They're only getting over there to help him to back up because the citizens are like, yeah, we're fine. Go help your buddy. Yeah, this is hilarious. Like, they're here like, doo, 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 doo. we're here to help with a DUI. Doo, doo, doo. Maybe this is like a rookie kind of like a, a FTO. You know, this might be like a ride-along type deal where it's like you got the rookie cop that's being trained by the senior cop. But either way, these guys are doubled. And uh, this next piece of, of video is, is quite hilarious to me. We're going to try to set everything up so that way no one gets hit and there's no other vehicles. I think the guy up there needs help, though, because the guy's <laughs> I'm going to play the whole thing. I'll rewind it. But essentially what's going on for our listeners out there is these guys are like, hey, what we're going to do is just move these cars out of the roadway because you're causing a lot of fucking traffic, right? Which is an attitude we've all had. Like, what? it's a fucking fender bender. Why are we leaving this shit in the middle of the fucking road? Like, just move this shit. There's a gas station right there. Like, any one of y'all could push this bitch out of the road and we don't have all this traffic jam. It's, you know, piled up for the last fucking three miles. Like, that's his attitude. And they're like, yeah, that's cool. That's fine and all. But I think your buddy fucking needs help i love her california like so i think your buddy um, and we had a publicist dude that worked for us when we were with Fringa bros and she was from la it's exactly how she talked like yeah that's fine and all you guys can do that but honestly like it's gonna cost you fifteen thousand dollars so you're like whoa fifteen thousand dollars like you, you could have started with that we could have not had this conversation at all but it's very like us you know California fucking nobody cares dude it's, it's like it's a compliment up front it's kind of like well <laughs> that's great and all Eric I appreciate the thought of you bringing me to lunch but that car is on fire behind you <laughs> which is like a product of everybody going to therapy because it's like how therapy starts I empathize with what you're saying however you're fucking wrong and you're stupid like I, I fucking catch myself sometimes doing that. And I'm like, why am I doing that? Like, this isn't therapy. Like, Hey, fucking dumb, dumb. That's not going to work. How about we don't do it? And your opinion sucks. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's how I feel at my distillery quite often when people try to give me advice there, uh, as if I haven't thought of it yet. Um, all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to run it just a little bit and just play the whole thing without interrupting you. Cause it's super fun. Second, we're going to try to set everything up so that way no one gets hit and there's no other vehicles. I think the guy up there needs help though. Guy's trying to run away. Driving this car. Oh, shit. Let's go get him. Let's go. <laughs> oh, shit. Let's go get him. He puts his seatbelt on. He puts his fucking seatbelt on to go like 40 feet, by the way. That's the, how fucking indoctrinated these guys are over policies. The 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 subtitle says O S H dot dot dot. <laughs> it doesn't even say oh shit. And I bet you he got written up for saying that too. Right. I, I I'll almost guarantee you that he at least got a verbal reprimand on paper, which I love that. It's a, the, look, I need you to sign this piece of paper that says we're giving you a verbal com a verbal <laughs> warning. Like, well, if it's not paperwork, why am I signing paper? Hmm. Fucking stupid. Um, but form. I do love that they put their seatbelts on to go forty feet. Well, one of them. Twenty-seven American, one fifty-six, coming. 
Turn around. Please don't do this. Please don't do this, sir. Please help me, please. Help me, please. No, please help me. Help me, please. Please, 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 please. Hey, stop him, I'll tell you. Stop him, I'll tell you. Reload's trying to kill me. Help. Uh, stop on YouTube. Stop it, I'll tell you. Yes, sir. Stop it, I'll tell you. Hey, buddy, help me. Help. Help. Stop it, I'll tell you. Stop it, I'll tell you. I'm going to tell you. Stop it. Now, let's also talk about this really, really, really quickly. This happens every single day to these officers in Los Angeles. Like, this isn't, this isn't some kind of, like, abnormal thing that happens. This will happen... Every shift. Right. In Raleigh, this happens once a day, almost every day. I mean, you maybe not on a Sunday before like 3 o'clock p.m., like maybe not like on a Tuesday before 11 a.m., but like if you're a cop every day, this is like normal. So for like people that are like, I mean, these cops don't know how to fight, uh, they might just be, you know, they might have scabs on their knees from what happened yesterday. I know that there was a time when I was trying to detain a dude and my elbows were so shredded from uh, chasing a guy and tripping on a, um, a parking block, uh, like going through a parking lot through a, a Walmart. And I landed on both knees. And so both knees were scabbed. And so, you know, when you got a scab and you straighten out your elbows and the scabs crack and they bleed yeah. and then they go through your shirt. So I had done that just by driving. And so I had two little blood marks coming through on my long sleeves because I have tattoos. So I couldn't wear short sleeves. So I ended up, one of my supervisors made me go change my shirt. Well, I only have one backup shirt in my locker. So I actually got into, um, it, it, it wasn't like a drop down fight, but like a guy didn't want to be in handcuffs as most people don't. So you always have to, you know, pull them a little bit. Hey, don't do this. Don't do this. And they're like, well, all right, I won't do it. Handcuff. But I was like babying this guy so much because I didn't want to stretch out my elbows to crack my scabs open that he took off running on me. Mm. And I was like, ah, fuck. And then I end up, of course, you know, shredding my knees, tackling this guy. So I, I see some kind of comments in there like these cops need better training. So I mean, you know, this is this right here happens every single day. So they don't know that they need like more jujitsu. I mean, we can always use more training, but like this is uh, like this is standard part. Like these guys are probably been doing this for like six years straight every day of their life. They're just trying to like almost like cheat it because they don't want to fuck up their uniform. You know, like the one dude's not even getting a side mount and it's not because he's not trained to do a side mount. It's because he doesn't want to put his knees down on the road because it's three o'clock in the afternoon. He doesn't want to fuck his uniform up. That's what I see right now. Is that what you see? Yeah, I, I think it, as as it progresses, you'll see another. I mean, I don't know if we're going to even have time to get to the other body cams, but there's another guy that just literally casually walks up. And and I don't I don't think it's out of response. Like, I don't think it's out of the ordinary that he responded like that way because he showed the sense of urgency to at least get over there but he doesn't want to be part of the dog pile he can also tap in and you know and have somebody move out of his way if if things are getting brutal or if he needs to you know jump in to help but um so th these guys are handling it like professionals and 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 it, this guy is saying things like stop help me they're trying to kill me and it's again the dramatics that you 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 refer you made reference to earlier they're not doing anything but trying to put handcuffs on this guy and, and uh, cat seal says apparently it takes 10 cops to handle one perp these days um 
It, you it do could. when you don't use your tools. Uh, it could when the guy's fueled by cocaine in the, in the middle of uh, excited delirium. I, yeah, I, and, and also, I you know, to try that. they always take, I've said this before, but they take the, the smallest girl, at least in our academy, they usually pick the smallest girl in the class and they tell her to turtle on the floor, which that means bring your hands up underneath your chest and bring your knees in, almost like playing popcorn on a, on a trampoline. And they say, okay, um, without striking her, without using any tools on your belt, put this young girl into, into handcuffs. You can't do it. Yeah. Speed and they tell her, don't, don't, without kicking, striking, or using any tools, the smallest girl in the class, nobody can manipulate her hands from that position. Um, and you had guys that were jujitsu dudes. You got one dude that had a full cauliflower ear that's done like little amateur fights. And we all took our turn at this little girl. I mean, you could literally grab her by the arm and pull her up over your head, um, minus slamming her on the ground to get her arms to come over. You cannot get somebody's arms. It, it's it's almost impossible until you can use striking techniques, until you can use um, pressure point techniques, which you cannot use these days. Right? They don't want you hitting somebody with their baton. They right. might as well take the batons away, to be honest with you. So how how do you do that when somebody's turtling on drugs, cats? You're not getting them. You're not. You're not. You know when you can't strike somebody and you can't inflict. Uh, what do they call that kind of pain when you do a distracting pain? Pain compliance. To, to pain compliance. When you can't do that, um, you can't do it. Now, the tools are fine. The tools work. If somebody turtles and I tase them, they unturtle pretty fucking quick after the tasing's over. If you pepper spray somebody, they unturtle real quick because they can't breathe and they want to get that shit out of their eyes quick, fast, and all sorts of hurry. And once their hands are up, you know, bam, you can use leverage and you can use all sorts of stuff. So there are tools that worked and they have worked for long, long time periods of time the problem is they work too well and that's the point of the whole defund the police movement yes. whenever you're starting to to put criminals in jail we need to make it harder for the cops these yeah. the we've never we didn't prior to 2015 none of this was an issue between 2000 and 2015 police uh shootings and killings everything was down for all-time low right. the 70s when it was at its worst 2000 2015 was when it was at its best and all of a sudden, when it was at its best, we took it back to the 70s, where now you do have to have a dog pile, and you do have to have 10 guys to fucking take down one person, because we're not allowed to use the tools. Not a cop brings up a couple good points, one of them being, like, he he, he disagrees that, you know, they do it in detention all the time, they do it in uh, corrections all the time, where, you know, if they ball up into a ball, that, that they get them to comply. But a couple things that I want to just point out, um, one being you're not dealing with intoxicated or high on cocaine. I know there's dope in the jail and I get that, that they're, you know, that they make buck and all that stuff or whatever. But um, the chances are, if you're dealing with an inmate who's in a ball like that, and yes, there are strength in numbers, you could pull them apart like Taffy and get them to comply. It doesn't work that way on the street necessarily because of the fuel that's given by the dope, either methamphetamine or cocaine. And then on top of that, it's the fight for freedom. So even if you're, even if the guy in the jail, the inmate is fighting you and fighting you and fighting you, the best thing that can happen in his mind is, or her mind is get up and run away. And they're going to run smack dab into a wall or a door. Whereas this guy is going to get up and run smack dab into the 405 and, and potentially get away or the LA river. I think it's, a, I think there's a big difference between the two. I always had, respect and admiration for the detention or correction set because 
they really did know how to communicate better. They knew how to search better and they definitely had the pain compliance techniques down, but the, but the two worlds are definitely different in my opinion. Yeah. Somebody says uh, a lot of things in the chats here. Gracie officers, Freebird, Brazilian jiu-jitsu to law enforcement. Okay. Where they don't do that in Raleigh. Um, also he says, you like your days off. What days off Tyler? What days off? You're constantly in court. You're constantly having to go to sexual harassment training, uh, how to deal with transgender training, having to go to the range for every single weapon you have. Um, the more weapons you have, the more times you have to go to the range. Um, and, you know, the, you know, if you're going to go to the range and you're going to qualify, obviously you're going to have to practice. So, you know, what days off? You also got to stay in shape. So you got to go to the gym. Uh, also you've got kids, right? Some, some people have five kids, four kids, three kids. Um, uh, what, what, when you, you're going to go to Brazilian, Brazilian jujitsu on your one Thursday night off, when, where's the family time? So now you don't have a family. So like this whole Brazilian jujitsu thing is so fucking out of control. And I love Mike, the cop loves it and everything. And you say like, what's important now? Well, I mean, it's just not logical for a lot of people. Like once your kids are moved out of the house and, and you've got kind of a more flexible schedule, sure. You've got it, but like, where does that end? You know, how do you become a really good toxicologist or how do you become a good DUI guy if you're spending all your time becoming a good warrior? You know, it's like, I, you know, I, I, I think it's great and, and it should be a priority if you can. I think it should just be part of shift. I think you, you do 30 minutes of grappling before every shift and just make that mandatory and you get a little bit of exercise or whatnot. Um, or, or make it a part of training. But this whole, like, go drive an hour to the nearest city because cops don't live where they work, you know, to go do Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, it's just not realistic. It's not, you know, and, and the, the, the point is, is, uh, you know, cops aren't warriors these days. Eh, I'd say, like, you know, you got a fuck ton of cops that are veterans, dude, that, you know, serve multiple combat tours. You're not allowed to be a warrior. Problem is, is that if you, if you know anything about policing or you were a cop, the, one of Obama's pillars of policing that came out via 2015, one of the big things was demilitarizing police academies. Um, and because a lot of academies were paramilitarized. Uh, and so they took that away. Also, they changed warrior mindset training, which every cop received in a lot of big agencies prior to 2015, where it's five days of warrior mentality training. And they spend like two days showing you a bunch of cops getting murdered to the point where you have three or four or five cops in your academy at the end that quit because they don't like it. One of my buddies was awesome, dude. He was such a cool guy. He was uh, one of the class leaders. And we got to that week and the first three, two or three days was nothing but cops being murdered and screaming and just the most horrific sounds uh, begging for their lives, talking about how many children they had. It was gut wrenching. I hate those videos. And he fucking quit. He got up and he says, I don't want to do this. Don't want to be a cop. Then they spend the last three days of that course showing you how to win. And then they show you a bunch of cops winning and get you motivated to go out and not be the victim, but be the victor. They changed that the training to now protector training. And now all those videos are people talking people off of bridges and being a protector role. So we have lost the warrior mindset training, but it's not that the cops that go in there don't have that. It's taken away from them when they get there. I think every cop wants to be a fucking lion. That's why they become cops. I want to be that crusader. You know what pisses me off more than anything in the world is the media's portrayal of the word warrior when they say that that all cops are trained to be warriors and blah, 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 because they're assuming that warrior in the sense of we're going to war and we're, we're, we're constantly on the offensive and we're looking for people to kill and blah, 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 when in actuality, a, a, a high majority of the warrior mindset is I'm not going to lose this battle if I have to engage in it. So the warrior mindset is what's saving cops lives. Like they take two shots to the, 
to the vest and they're able to return fire or whatever they're, they, they, you know, they got their half their leg blown off. Like you've seen in Afghanistan or whatever, or, or our boy Dexter, you know, half his arm blown off, but he's not giving up. That's a warrior mentality. Just, right. just don't give up. But um, you know, it's portrayed as this evil, like we're, we smear uh, the blood of infants on our faces and run out and, and try to police a community. It's, it's so far from the truth. The greatest example of this is right what you're seeing right now. When those two backup cops came here, this cop has a warrior mentality, a mentality of confidence and a bravado about him of, of you're going to listen to me. You're going to do it now. Blah. That should have been if he would have had warrior mindset training coming out, he would have that would have he would have won that fight before his backup ever got there because you would have had that all this. I'm confident. I am confident in the skills that I've learned and you know the importance of winning that fight. You don't need Brazilian jiu-jitsu to be to 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 understand. When you have that confidence, you're seeking it out. You're watching fights. You're rolling around with your kids and practicing these maneuvers because you have this mindset that I always need to be ready. When that's taken away from you, you're like I'm just going to talk my way out of it anyway. I don't need that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we just have to be careful with the Brazilian. It's important, but I don't know that I necessarily like the shaming of cops for not doing it. Um you know, because I, and there's a lot of cops that do do it. And I'd say some of their, unless your family's doing it with you, um, then, you know, you're, you're at the chance of, of, of the detriment of your family because it takes a lot of time to get your little blue belts and your black belts a lot of time away from your family. It's like golfers do. It's the same shit about golfers. Um, a lot of, be a good golfer and a good cop. Yeah, you, you need to be single without kids. Here we go. Right now, stop it right now. Turn over. Turn over. I'm going to tase you. Turn over or I'm going to tase you. Turn over or I'm going to tase you. He's wheezing. <laughs> what, what but, he's not, but he's not wheezing because he is fighting it's on his like a mother. It's on his jaw. Stop it. Now he's stop acting it, like tase he's tase being choked, but he's not. Okay, stop <laughs> it or I'm going to tase you. Stop it or I'm going to tase you. They're not doing stop anything. Please stop resisting. Please. 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 I'm going to tase him. I'm going to tase him. You know what gets lost in the podcast is the slow motion of this whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're, they're not whipping this guy around and they're not yeah. ripping. Not, it's very controlled and it's very intentional and it's, it's not violent. Methodical even. It's yeah. His words are making it appear that it's violent. And this is a tactic that's probably taught in the streets. Oh, it's, it's, it's trying to kill me. It's now, kill me. okay. This is what we got to talk about. This pussy-ass fucking taser. And my, my buddy told me today that the tasers that they just reissued are, like, fucking worthless. And that, like, nine times out of ten, they're not even doing what they're supposed to do. Um, because we've dumbed down the taser so much. I don't know when you got tased, but could you talk when you got tased? <laughs> no. Not a chance. Not a Could anyone. you continue to resist in the manner that this guy is resisting while being tased? No. Did the Definitely taser not. not make, I mean, he shot him at point blank range. I mean, he is wearing a sweatshirt, but there's no way that those darts don't go through that taser, that those, that shirt that close. Oh, there's no, yeah, no, he, there's definitely good contact there. There's no way. And don't tell me it's the drugs that are blocking it because I have tased dudes that are going through excited delirium. Um, matter of fact, not me personally, but guys that I was with tased the guy outside of the bar that literally died of, of excited delirium, melted to death, like his heart, his body overheated. Um, he was butt naked. Um, but the taser still worked. Yeah. So it wasn't the drugs. Well, I don't, I, I mean, 
I don't know that. I, I think that I think adrenaline can do a lot of things. I think it can block a lot of receptors, pain receptors. Uh, to an extent. I don't or think with the old I don't think with the old taser that you had enough adrenaline to block it. I'm the the, the cocktail of uh cocaine and adrenaline anyway. Right. But I I, I, I just it. think the old tasers even, you know, didn't give you the opportunity to yeah, fight it with adrenaline. Like it overpowered your cocaine and adrenaline. Yeah. These pussy tasers that they give now. You know. Oh. I mean, that's a lot of Stop it. And that dude is yeah. not even phased. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Stop it. Yes, sir. Don't resist. For those of you who don't know, when you pull a taser, uh, when you pull the trigger on a taser, it goes for five seconds. Doesn't yep. matter how adrenaline fueled you are. Doesn't matter if you hold the trigger for 20 seconds, 30 seconds, or a minute. The taser only goes for five seconds until you re engage the taser. And sometimes you have to re engage the taser twice to get it to work. Uh, it's another safety protocol. So the, they're not just stunning this guy uh, forever and ever and ever. No. Stop okay. resisting. Stop resisting. Okay. And he's still talking to that taser, so it's not Stop working. It. Help. Stop Help, it. Help, please. Help. Also, the, uh, the, the big giant's got 1.2 million views on YouTube. Says that when you tase a man in the heart um, six consecutive times for a grand total of 30 seconds... It's no wonder their heart explodes. Um, That's I, that taser is nowhere near his heart. That you know that that is they've they have tested the taser on hearts to the point of literally what do they have to tase? They had to consecutively tase a pig for like twelve or thirteen minutes, or, or was it more than that? Was it like I think it was I remember like, the pig, and that was the original taser. Let me tell you about two months ago. This is not an ad for Axon, uh, and and I'm not pro or con Axon by the way, because they do good work. And then we, we also see this, but the, the, the CEO or the, the founder of Axon did a video that I just watched. He said uh, th that they are, they know that they are not perfect. They used to claim zero deaths. They have claimed 26 deaths in the 26 deaths related to taser energy weapons. Each were attributed to falls or flammable con combustion. And, and he went on to say it's a less than a one in a million chance that that probe makes it into your heart and causes the, the, either the arrhythmia or the, the death that people assume that a taser is causing the electric, the electrical shock. The other thing to remember, especially, especially about this case is if the electricity is going to be the cause of death in your heart to cause cardiac arrest, cardiac arrest, it's immediate because it's interrupting the, the electricity in your heart. It doesn't occur four hours later. Four hours later when you're in a hospital and tied to a bunch of EKG and they're monitoring your heart rate, it's not, it doesn't have a residual effect. That five-second um, shot is, is done for a reason. It cuts off at five seconds. There's no, that way there's no damage to the heart, so to speak. And th there's not a leg to stand on it. Every article you read is going to say that the taser caused this because it blew his heart up, but it's untrue. <laughs> That's probably the fucking eight ball of cocaine. You know, more than likely. More than likely. Um, <clears throat> today's show is brought to you by Manscaped. Um, <laughs> Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Um, do you do you by chance Manscaped? Is that um? I do indeed. Is that a personal? Is that is that too personal of a question? Not for me. I, I'm not a uh, I'm not a dummy pants. I definitely uh, manscape. 
Whether you're brand new or already a member with Manscaped, you could use the crown jewel of care for your family jewels, the Platinum Package 4.0, which we love. With this glorious package, you can align your entire hygiene routine all in one swoop. Inside the 10-part Platinum Package is everything that you know and love. In performance, you got the little nose hair trimmer. You got the lawnmower, which I just found out you can use inside the shower. It's dope, man. It's like so much easier to shave inside the shower. Plus, it's got that like... Uh, ball nicking stuff that it, it makes it let it prevents your balls from being nicked up to death um it looks scary like i, I it took me a long time to put the 4.0 up next to my sack because i thought it was going to rip my sack open i was going to lose a ball in the shower but that's just not what happened lawnmower 4.0 body trimmer and weed whacker nose and air trimmer uh, nose and ear trimmer air ear hair trimmer uh featured a propriety advanced skin safe technology to protect your delicate parts and holes. Both are waterproof so that you can keep scaping and uh, even when the weather is changing. In addition to shaving, you can now completely upgrade your shower routine with the ultra premium body wash and ultra premium two in one shampoo and conditioner. You'll have your skin and air feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. Look, dude, Valentine's Day is coming. Uh, get that guy a ghost bed, get him a manscape. But listen, Guys, if you don't have Manscaped and your your wife's not going to do that, buy Manscaped for yourself and give it as a gift for her. Shave your balls for that old significant other. Shave your pubes. Shave those. Shave that belly region so that she can love you without having to whack through the fucking Congo to get friction. there. Um, yeah, friction, man. Yeah. But we shouldn't save a signature scent for our pits. Use the crop preserver and ball deodorant. Yes, you can go out to eat. You know, she doesn't. Uh, you don't get back and fucking smell like balls. Uh, Manscaped even threw in two free gifts in their Platinum 4.0 package. You get the boxer briefs, which are incredible. I wish I could just buy the boxers. I wear my Manscaped boxers too much. As in, like, I'll wear them for, like, three days straight. Because when you have the ball deodorant on, fucking your balls never stink. So you can just wear the same underwear over and over and over again. Um, You also get the little safe travel bag, which if you've ever been with me when I've traveled, you'll know that I always have it with me. Um, so I always get my little Manscaped leather pouch. I love it. Get the platinum package this fall. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off free. I mean, uh, this Valentine's Day. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off free shipping with the promo code Wolfpack. It's 20% off with free shipping and manscaped.com when you use the code Wolfcap Wolfpack Manscaped. Clear out the leaves. It's your tree trunk's time to shine. Ooh. Ooh. Manscaped. Uh, nobody needs this, Eric. Is that what uh, Andrea says? Andrea, come on, girl. Too bad there's not a woman scaped. Oh, your armpit hair is. Your armpit hair is out of control these days, <laughs> uh, and it's turning gray. So shave those armpit holes. Maybe you'll uh, find the love that you're looking for. Who doesn't want a platinum package? By the way. Oh God, I love my platinum package. Yeah. Uh, all right, here we go. I'm not resisting. I'm not resisting. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Do not move. Okay. If not, I'm going to taste you again. Okay. okay. I got, I got one. okay. And he goes Help again. Me. He moves. Okay. And he doesn't taste it? Here, hold on. Stop it. Stop resisting. Uh-uh. Stop resisting. Uh-uh. 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 Pry those hands apart. Uh-uh. Let's see you again, baby. And um, we have some body warm camera coming up from another officer who responded to the incident. I think this is the one that you're talking about. Hold on. Okay, okay, okay. Please, please, sir, please don't do this. I'm not gonna please go don't do this, this sir. Please. Um, you get yes, the point here. Okay, stop. Everybody's. Here's a video camera okay. from. This is important, though. This is the video a camera. This incident was also captured by a witness on their cellular phone. 
By the way, I'd like to point out that fucking this is how bad L.A. is, is that they have a media relations captain. I'm not sure why you need to pay somebody uh, captain's pay to sit around all day and do media publishing shit. I um, do. I know why. I mean, 2020 alone, I know exactly why. Yeah, but I don't think you need a captain. Right. I, you I don't need that. a captain. Okay, that's not a captain's position. Give it to a regular street cop officer. That way your 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 city's paying for a street cop salary to do this bullshit job that society makes us have instead of paying somebody captain's pay to do a bullshit job. Like this isn't fucking this media relationship is not so important that a captain needs to be in charge of it. Let our boy Marlon uh Marach, Marachi do it. You know. Making tons of money to do absolutely zero work. Now, this is a cell phone from a bystander who says it. You don't see this on mainstream media, though. You won't see this on mainstream media. Because. Hey, that, right, that guy right there, he caused the accident. He was trying to steal my car. Yeah, the police, doing the police right, are doing uh, right, huh? Job, right, right now. now. Great don't job. Think don't think that the police are abusing him. He was trying to. He was trying to go away. I think that guy's in a very paranoid state. I'm an Uber driver, and he was trying to steal my car while he uh, hit the other car. Where, where he is in the car. Yeah, he was in the BMW right there. This guy spells it all out. Um, I had to use his, his accent. That's a taser, yeah. They need to tase him, right? Now the bus is blocking our view. Uh, there we go. So I, that's as far as I need to go with that. Yeah. Of course, you won't see that part. But even the bystanders are like, man, this guy needs to fucking, this guy needs to, uh, this guy needs to be hemmed up, toned up a little bit, tuned up a little bit. That's my breakdown. Uh, if I'm an internal affairs officer, which thank God I'm not, you know, I'd say the cops did a very great job. Our department's done a shitty job again at creating this problem. Our department bought in. Uh, to this Black Lives Matter defund the police movement. Our police department's training and standards has gotten us so far um, down this rabbit hole that we have 10 cops in the middle of a fucking busy highway in Los Angeles when they should have been taken care of on the sidewalk and, and finished in about two seconds. And this guy would still be alive. Had they had tased him in the first five seconds, jumped down on him, threw him into handcuffs while he was still in the handcuffs, he would not have resisted so long. It would have not taken six officers to pin him down to the side of the road. And he would not have exerted the energy that I believe caused him in the end to overdose. Also, we would have had EMS there a lot quicker because we would have been on the radio about four minutes uh, sooner. Um, so, you know, and four minutes is a long time when it comes to the medical profession. So it's our department's fault that this guy is dead. Um, I mean, it's his fault uh, at the end of the day because he's the one that took all the drugs. But as an internal affairs agent, I want to apologize to the citizens that we bought into a bullshit narrative. And I'm sorry that we did this. And, and we're going to retrain our officers better to have more confidence in ending a scenario like this quicker, faster, and without interfering the public as much as it did stopping traffic. So again, we apologize. And we're sorry. We're sorry that we, we got duped and we were fooled by your bullshit narrative. We're going to go back to the way it used to be. Two things. Uh, and I don't rem I, I think when we read this, when the story initially came out that, and I could be completely wrong. So forgive me if I am, I think that BMW was stolen because if you remember right, the first thing he told the officer was like, I didn't have my key. Like it was just an odd statement. He was like, I don't even have my key. I didn't have my key. Somebody came in and had to, had to make a key for me or something. 
I don't think that was his BMW, but I, I don't remember the full story. And then the second thing I want to say to end this, hopefully, is uh, from the Western Journal of Emergency Medicine. This is the definition of, of excited delirium. You should look into this further if you don't believe me that it exists. Excited or agitated delirium is characterized by agitation, aggression, acute distress, and sudden death. It's often in the pre-hospital care uh, setting. It's typical associated with the use of drugs that alter dopamine processing, uh, and most notably sometimes with the death of the affected person in the custody of law enforcement. Subjects typically die from cardiopulmonary arrest, although the cause is still debated. So um, excited delirium is a thing, meaning your drugs, the drugs that are in your system are making your heart go so freaking fast and your brain is moving so fast and you're getting tased and you're getting, and you're fighting. Obviously he was full of adrenaline. So his body is coursing with hormones. He's out of his normal homeostasis, his, his, uh, obviously his heart has to pump more blood to get to those muscles that he's using. They get him to a hospital and his heart has worn out. It's, it's used all the beats it can in that little small period of time and he dies. So everybody can attribute this to, well, it's an interruption in his electrical current in his heart. Therefore the taser killed him. No, 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 no. Look at excited delirium. It happens. It happens in punching and kicking incidents too, without a taser. So um, I don't know how you would explain that. Yeah, the um, the excited delirium thing. I mean, when it first came out, you know, we had immense training on how to uh, identify it. And I said to myself when they were giving us the training, I said, "Dude, they don't actually care. All they want to do is say that they've covered their asses, and so that when we yeah. do taste somebody, they can charge us for murder when it's done because they can say you guys knew all about it." Problem with excited delirium is, is that it's induced when drugs are entered the system and people can do some crazy shit when drugs are in the system. So now, now like, so what do you do? You say like, Oh, obviously this guy's on cocaine and he's on excited delirium. So let's just let him do whatever he wants. Well, um, because also, we can't do anything because he'll die. So now I, you know, we got in a fight. It's in my book and uh, we could not do anything because the sergeants kept yelling, do not tase him. He's going through excited delirium. Do not do that. He's going through excited delirium. So it's like, okay. So just because he chose to take an absurd amount of drugs and mix them, and because he chose to do all this other bullshit while he's on drugs, now we just have to be like, oh, well, uh, you know, you played your cards right this time. Go ahead and fucking shit on the police car, shit on, you know, because he was literally defecating and uh, climbing up on the hoods of cars and pooping on them and stuff like that. So like, let's just let this guy be an asshole because of the bad decisions that he made. Also, Officer Dr. Tansy, can you please diagnose uh, excited delirium in the street while you're trying to fight this guy as well? Yeah, and watch out for the traffic that's blowing by in Los Angeles and you know, try to cover your six from any other activist that might want oh, to fucking hurt you. And it's uh, something we did miss in the, in the body uh, or with the uh, public affairs captain or whatever she's called. EMS arrived one minute after the fight. One minute. So within one minute, he was he was he he uh, EMS arrived to treat him. Within seven minutes, he was at the hospital. So this wasn't even a matter of like neglect of care or any of this other stuff. Take it off the table. This guy fought. He chose to fight. They calmly tried to get him under control. They finally got him under control. They did um, uh, put uh, a band of some sort, like a. a like a cargo strap almost around his legs so that he couldn't fight 
They got him onto a gurney, took him to the hospital. He died four hours later. Not and I guarantee you, I'd love to know what happened, but I guarantee you he was strapped down and he died of exhaustion from trying to get out of the restraints. Sure. <laughs> Let me go. But as they would love to portray this, he didn't die with an officer who had his foot on his back or was standing on his neck or, uh, you know, whatever, was, was holding him in a quarter Nelson. Uh, he was being a dummy pants. And he fought, and he um, paid the ultimate price. He put his dumb pants on. He put his dummy pants on. Good job, Keenan. Fucking <laughs> idiot. Um, Don't you know, <laughs> If you want to support the show, though, this is the message that we want to put out. These, so, you know, take your phone and screen, screen record your favorite shots and share this on your Instagrams because – these are the stories that unfortunately the majority of our chat happened, our live chat at least happens to be pro police, you know, but it's, we don't need the pro police to see this. What we need is the civilian that doesn't understand the police to see this, to hear these, to hear these points. So if you want to help the show, man, spread the word to your anti-cop friends. Like, hey, this is one of those episodes. You might be anti-cop, but fast forward to the, the 29 minute mark where they really get into the di deep dive of this thing and just listen because you can't listen to something like this and still go out and be like, yeah, these cops are terrible warmongers that, that did the right thing, you know, that, 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 or that these are undertrained cops that need to go to Brazilian jitsu. And we covered a lot of things um, that are practical because it's easy to put marks on that, right? Go to Brazilian jitsu. This will never happen. Uh, well, yeah, okay. But, you know, but then when they shoot somebody and they don't hit their target, they're going to say, well, go to the range more, you know, or when they lose a big major court case because they didn't handle the evidence, right? Then they're going to be like, well, they need more evidence training. Or when they go and deal with somebody that's bipolar, schizophrenic, and, you know, they toss them around and, and rough them up, then, that you know, we need to have more mental handicap training so that they know how to deal with deaf people or blind people or transgender people or what are all the amounts and crazy courses that cops have to take? It's insanity. But they need um, more training, Eric. Huh? But they need more training. But they need to go to more Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Like, look, I'd love to have more Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I just know what'll happen. It's like you'll have a whole bunch of cops being able to roll people up, but then, you know, they're going to slack on their shooting skills and they're going to shoot the wrong person. Next thing you know, it's like, okay, well, we used to send you guys to 30 minutes of jiu-jitsu, but now we're going to do 30 minutes of dry fires because you guys can't fucking shoot. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, everybody's trying, you know, these big, especially LAPD, especially Raleigh PD. I mean, there's all these, at the end of the day, originally, before it was handed over to the city managers and the mayors, it used to be that these these uh, agencies were doing everything they could to have the best cops. It was all about who has the best cops. Now it's how do we get the mayor rehired? How do we get the city manager uh, in for another term? And that's the sole purpose of this captain, this media relations. Her whole goal in life is how do I say this? How do I do this so that the city manager looks good? I, she doesn't care. Um, she doesn't care about the cops that she's she's talking about in this thing. She'd like to think she does, but she doesn't. She's putting out exactly what the chief told you. If the chief's attitude on this was that the cops were 100% in the wrong, um, she would have spun that story to fit what the chief said because uh, she's not going to make it past captain if she doesn't. And that's where I have a big problem with all of this. You know, it used to be that the, the captains, the chiefs, you know, it was all about having the best department, getting that accreditation for your agencies, having your agencies look good and be well-funded. Remember that? Remember when we were just begging for more money? We need more armored vehicles. We need plate carriers. We need this. We need that. Right. We don't do that anymore. Um, I've always respected Hillsborough, though, because I've always felt like where you're from, they've always done a pretty good job with meeting both demands. Oh, I've always, I know there's a lot of drama and politics that go on, but 
you know, Hillsborough yeah. Tampa has always had pretty good training tactics and equipment. Yeah. There's something to be said about an elected official uh, heading an agency as well, because he, he, he's not at the uh, pleasure of the city manager uh, mayor. He's at the pleasure yeah. of the people that are going to reelect him. So right. um, it, it's not just necessarily people pleasing. It's actually getting to root causes and, and, and delivering solutions. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that Tampa police don't do that, but uh, Hillsborough has always engaged in in problem solving, right? And and that's you know that's the 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 joys of having a bigger county than city. See, here we have a bigger city than we have a county, so the city police have more of an impact than the county sheriffs do here. Yeah. So you know when the police implement, you know when the chiefs implement these wazoo, uh, you know can't search cars period laws and rules and regulations. I mean it doesn't really hurt the people in the county. And it only looks good to the people in the city, but, you know, it's hurting the people in the city, but, you know, it's all about the city manager and the city mayor and, uh, and people don't really care about the crime stats because they're not putting them out. You know, you don't see the crimes up, violent crimes up 28%, 26%, whatever it is. You don't hear that. What you hear is like, we have started a new initiative for transgender equality here in the city of Raleigh. Thanks to mayor Susan B. Anthony. Stupid-hand. You know? yes. Yes. What was her name? Susan B. Empathy. <laughs> <laughs> that is your rap name from here on out. You're Susan B. Empathy, the Brazilian rapper. Yeah, man. Well, anyway, guys, share this out to your fucking cop hating friends. Um, go buy you a ghost bed pillow this Valentine's Day. Get you a ghost bed cooling sheet. Use that promo code Wolfpack. If you're having problems with the promo code or the Wolfpack, just drop us in the survey. But uh, really helps our show out. Go get you that Manscaped 4.0 package. Make it the best Valentine's Day ever. Meet up. Meet up is April 12th. April 12th, Wednesday. Uh, April 12th. Uh, myself, Drew Breezy, Andrea Uplate. Uh, I believe Dead Leg Media is going to be here. Jonathan Bates from Com Center is going to be here. All the guys from One More and I'm Out of Here podcast are going to be here. Um, it is going to be a insane day i i think i might get hamity the terrorist whisperer uh, if you haven't heard the terrorist whisperer episodes anywhere just look the guy up hamity the terrorist whisperer a phenomenal story if you haven't heard that try to get him out there with us uh well you know it'll, it'll be a good time so it's going to be from five i think from like five to eight at the um at the distillery and then it'll be from like eight eight o'clock to because the the studio's right next to the distillery it'll be from like eight to ten um, at the studio, be a private kind of hangout. Um, and it's free. You don't have to buy tickets. Um, if you need a ride to and from the airport, we're trying to coordinate that with people who are renting cars versus aren't. I'll shuttle some people to and from within reason. Um, but if money's an issue because you make that first responder money and you're not renting a car, that's okay. We can find somebody else that is renting a car or myself to come and grab you. So uh, also everybody is staying in the Comfort Inn and Suites, I believe, in Clayton, North Carolina. The majority of people are. So it's the closest one walking distance it's a nice, safe place to stay if you want to stay there. So um, also, uh, I can put all that out there because there's going to be a lot of first responders that come on that date and uh, everybody will be armed. So uh, if that's the time that you're thinking about fucking around, I don't think uh, it would behoove you because I've already hired private uh, covert security for the entire event. So uh, if you do fuck around, you will find out very quickly. Um, so, so I'm not afraid to say where everybody's staying and doing. This is not the place. This isn't going to be a soft target for you. So after the show, it's the after party. And after the party, it's probably going to be the hotel lobby. That's, that's according to uh, Susan B. Empathy. Uh, Sarah Kelch says, well, I trim to Missouri and, and ride and give her a ride. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like if that happened, it would be like a very uh, Petito type incident, a Gabby <laughs> Petito type thing. Uh, I don't know what happened to Sarah. I don't. I right. lost her somewhere. Um, in a national she, park. <laughs> she did not come home with me. She is somewhere in a national park. Good luck, guys. And uh, Andrea, up late, being the true crime specialist, she will. She'll help me hide the body. So she's really good at those kind of things. I've I've heard. Um, Andrea Blaze says she'll bring a, a, t- a teeny tiny pocket knife. Uh, nah, nobody's going after the grandmother. You know what I mean? Like nobody fucking murders the grandmother in these incidents. Um, Tansy, can we pick an episode about your special forces time, please? Yeah, I mean, I guess we could. I know it's, it doesn't really have anything to do with true crime. It doesn't have anything to do with this, but um, I, I think I might have kind of digested a lot of that in other episodes. I feel like I've, I've visited a few times. I know I've talked about it on other people's podcast a lot. So um, if you want that story, it's out there. It just doesn't have anything to do with police breakdowns. Um, no, no. It's, it's not really that overtly an exciting story either. Um, it's probably more depressing than anything. Um, I am from Florida. Yes, uh, I am from Florida. So I have a lot of Casey Anthony, Brian Laundrie traits about me. James Melanese, does Ghostbed make mattresses that fit in tractor trailers? It's a good question, James. I don't know, uh, but I bet you that they make the, I mean, that's a great question, but um, I know that they make the bed topper and the bed topper is like super flexible. Uh, and I know they make the ghost bed pillow, which is phenomenal as well. I don't travel anywhere. Uh, Tactical dudes says third group right now would have been 20th group was, is who I served with um, serve group. And then, and, and um, no, I was not a green Bray. I did go through the green Bray training in the schools, um, but I did not, graduate with my green beret uh and the story behind that is very quickly i uh, got in trouble in language school not because of something i did but the guys that i was living with and uh everybody got caught up in an investigation which pulled me out of training and when i went back to the unit uh, i just got to do unit stuff without ever going back and finishing up my my language school and uh, when it came time to go back uh i didn't have an updated physical um, but I did have an updated physical, but they didn't have the records of the updated physical. So they sent me back and sent me to a couple other schools. And then um, between a couple of other uh, TDYs and things like that. And after two deployment or two combat, two rotations that I'd already done in Afghanistan, while being attached to group, I just didn't, uh, I, I felt like I'm, instead of waiting on getting a green bread, I'd like to get out. So I got out of the military, but that's it in a, in a, in, in short, but that's where I met Andrea Uplate's husband, ex-husband, 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 who was also a, a Green Beret at the time. And that's where Andrea and I, um, that's how I, I, Andrea and I know each other for like the last 17, 18 years, however long it's been. Um, I'd just like to adjust these chats at the very end of the show. So if you're still hanging around, um, 20th group is cool because it's reserve SF unit. Yes, it's a reserve SF unit. The one I served in was in Florida. Um, but they also do a lot of stuff. Most of them are not reservists. Most of them are, are active full-time. There's a DEA task force that, that 20th group directly works with. There's also cave dive search and rescue that 20th group works very close to. Yada, yada, yada. Um, they found out about our love affair and fired him. Oh, are you talking about me, Andrea? Did never have a love affair with you. I've actually hated you since the first time I met you. Uh, Dead Like Me says, Ghostbed has a small as twin beds that I can see on their website. Give them a call and ask. Uh, sunshine and beaches, Florida. Um, Got to hear Drew's time in the military too. Yeah, she'll go over that. You know, we could probably talk about a little bit of that at the meetup in April. So 
if you yeah. really want to get the inside scoop of everybody's life story we are going to do a live production for you guys it won't be broadcasted but it'll be at the studio we'll be on the stage it'll be a question and answer type forum i believe we'll all be on stools on the stage at the studio afterwards and you guys are going to be able to ask us any kind of questions that you want uh, of course this will not be a podcast i don't believe at this time so we can <laughs> andrea says yes you've always loved me stop resisting jonathan my actions my, my words say no but my actions say yes is that what you're saying jonathan is gonna uh, grace us with uh, his rendition of wind, be wind beneath my wings he he's already promised that <laughs> um come up this way you guys are in pennsylvania we will do some meetups uh further north too i, I think we're going to try to do a meetup at some point around nashville tennessee um just because one nashville is a lot of fun and it's central to a lot of you guys so a lot of the folks from kentucky can get up there pretty quickly and easily so a lot of people over there from missouri arkansas all those things a little bit closer they're coming all the way over here to the east coast so i don't know how much further we'll venture out than nashville uh but this year, at least, um, this year, at least, I know, I know for sure we'll probably, I, I would say within 90%, we'll probably do a live meeting in Nashville and we'll do another live meetup in Florida somewhere. I can tell you that's probably 90% going to happen this year. Don't know when. Um, I'll be in DC the week after for unrelated tasks. I don't know what that means, but, uh, any users. If you guys want to come up here and see us, this would be a great time. The hotel's pretty cheap. Um, and, and you know, uh, stuff in town, you're not going to have to really rent a car. That it's, You guys are close enough that you're going to be able to walk to and from, and there'll be enough people that can shuttle around. I have a minivan and a truck that fits a bunch of people, so we'll be filling around. But anyway, that's been another uh, live show brought to you by ghostbed.com and Manscaped. As for Drew Breezy, uh, easy breezy and myself uh C susan b empathy <laughs> until next time guys guns up Giddy up.